Georgia Georgia The whole day through Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind Hello, this story isn't so much about Willie, but what Willie meant to my mother. My mother's name was uh, Betty Robinson Check, and she loved Willie Nelson all her life, all her life. And he was the only musician that she loved. What I remember is a Stardust album, and uh, I play the song Blue Skies over and over again, and I always remember her. So this is Matt in Naples, Florida, and my mother bought me Stardust by Willie Nelson when I was five years old to play on my old man's hi-fi system. She told me it was my first record. Well, hello there. Welcome back to episode three of this season of the VMP Anthology podcast. By now, you know who I am. I'm your host, Andrew Winnestorfer. And by now, you know who you are and why you're here, at least in relation to the podcast you are now listening to. Maybe not in your personal life, but we don't need to get into that now. There's probably a Willie Nelson song for that. This episode, as you heard in those calls, Uh, at the top of the show is partially devoted to Stardust, which is Willie Nelson's biggest album by a huge, huge factor. Um, It was on the charts for more than 10 years. It's the Willie Nelson album that even people who hate country music own. It is the most uh, crossover country record maybe of all time. It's It's an incredible record. It's Willie Nelson doing standards from the American Songbook. And it's not really surprising that it affected so many people. This, so this episode, we're going to hear ca- another call about Stardust later in the show. But before we get to your questions, uh, a couple years ago, we made a box set anthology that was devoted to Stax Records. And I had the opportunity to interview Booker T. Jones as he was on the tour for his book, Time is Tight, his autobiography, which... If you want to read one of the best music biographies ever, I highly, highly, highly recommend that book. It's incredible. So I I have this opportunity to interview Booker T. I'm all, you know, a huge Stax fan. I have a Stax and a Volt tattoo. And I take this opportunity to ask Booker T about what it was like to work with Willie Nelson. And I don't think we ever used this portion of the interview. It was just a couple quick minutes of... Booker T and me talking about uh, what it was like to work with Willie. So you can hear that right now. Miss the Saturday dance. Heard they crowded the floor. 
Another thing I wanted to talk to you about in this, uh, I am also a very massive Willie Nelson fan. Oh, I yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very funny to read all of the passages with Willie uh, about the the strength of the the uh, marijuana. I don't know what I was coming searching for a euphemism, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, what what was it like in those days to be in the studio working with Willie? Well, he truly was one of the hardest working men in show business. Uh, he just did it all the time. He was either on his bus uh, or he was in the studio. And he kept, the family was all musicians. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kept an extra one. One of the things we used to laugh about, well, he used to say, he always said, let's get two. And he was serious about it, whether it meant two bass players, two drummers, two machines, two guitars. <laughs> but he loved it so much. Uh, but he also had this innate musical ability to uh, to know what to do with songs, how to interpret them, which notes to sing, which notes to play. And um, the only trouble I ever had with him was trying to get him off the golf course sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because in those years, he's playing a lot of golf. Yeah. Right? And he yeah. bought his own golf course. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, he is still out there making studio records, like, at, you know, two or three a year. So again, that was Booker T. Jones of the Stax super famous group, Booker T. and the MGs, uh, talking about what it was like to work with Willie. And according to this switchboard light I see over here, it looks like we got a couple of questions now. So let's go to the phone lines and take your questions. How did the folks at VMP go about selecting which records would be included in the Willie Nelson anthology? With such a massive discography, choosing a small handful must have been a difficult process. What almost made the cut? I was wondering what the selection process is like for an anthology like this. In particular, were the albums selected by VMP Committee and Willie Nelson and his team, or are only a certain number of an artist's records, in this case Willie, available and up for a remastered box set like this at any given time? Thank you for both of your calls. We lumped them together for obvious reasons. So I'm going to attempt to give you uh, one of the most complete tellings of how these things come together um, without giving away, I guess, the recipe for Coke or the original recipe of the chicken. But I'm going to try to give you a, a snapshot of what this looks like. So I am the person responsible at VMP for deciding we needed to do a Willie Nelson box set. I spearheaded this. The beauty of working at Vinyl Me Please is just about anybody at the company can say, I think we should do X. And that could be a record of the month. It could be a box set. It could be anything. I said, if we're going to start doing artist-centric box sets, which we started doing with uh, Herbie Hancock, I said, Willie Nelson, we need to do one. And so that meant uh, I got the go-ahead from Courtney, who uh, is my boss and who is really our, you know, our sort of project leader on anthologies and which ones we should consider and which one is next. I get approval from Courtney. And then it means that I have to put together a pitch that then we give to Willie Nelson's label, which in this case, most of his career is on Sony. And then we talked with our people at Sony. From there, then, uh, I am somebody who owns 
uh, basically every Willie Nelson studio album, but four or five. Um, so I <laughs> was able to just go to my own personal archive, my own collection and start diving into which Willie Nelson albums I think should make the cut. And it came pretty quickly to me that we needed to try to do the full arc. Um, maybe not from his first record, but close to the beginning and not for his most recent album, but close to his most recent album. And you then, you know, you start looking at which records are rare, which records have to be in the box, which records do I personally love? Uh, and first off it was, uh, the first two titles that I pulled out were you can't do a Willie Nelson box set without redheaded stranger or stardust. It would be, even though both of those albums have been reissued a bunch and are available in the marketplace, it would be stupid to try to tell the story of Willie Nelson without those two records. So those two went in immediately. Uh, and then I believe my original pitch started with country Willie, uh, as the first record, I had a different second record, which was Willie Nelson and Family, which is, if you look on Discogs, the most rare and expensive Willie Nelson album on RCA for some reason that nobody knows. And then uh, I looked at the 80s, and I have already told you the story of why Always On My Mind needed to be in this box, but I also thought that that's his best record of the 80s, and it was this Grammy moment. So always in my mind was added to the list. And then I identified across the borderline fairly early in the process, because that's a record that I think rules, but had never been on vinyl. And we know how much our audience loves getting to say this album is only available in this box. And so that went on the list. And I think I ended with a slightly different record. Um, and I can't remember which one that is but heroes was on the short list for that era and so I, I put together the pitch of the seven albums went back to sony and sony talked with willie nelson's management who then we were all looped in together and willie's management said if you're going to do the story of willie nelson redheaded stranger stardust are in there but you also need yesterday's wine so that was like, okay, we're, you know, I am not about, I'm not in the business of arguing with Willie Nelson's manager and Willie Nelson's team about what goes in the box. So that went in. And then I believe they had a little bit of thoughts for the later records, but we ultimately agreed on Across the Borderline and Heroes. And that was actually a really smooth process. I think they appreciated what we pitched and were really excited about the albums that we were featuring, including they were especially excited about Across the Borderline. So from there, so I guess, yeah, to answer, you know, the first question, it was tough to narrow this down. That was, a, you know, probably a six week process of me. And this was back in 2020. Uh, every spare moment of work was listening to my collection of Willie Nelson records. And I had a spreadsheet uh, that I tracked and decided which ones were in the box or not. And then. Uh, yeah, the, almost, what almost made the cut was, uh, definitely Willie Nelson and family. I also, I believe we also talked briefly about clean shirt with Whalen. 
um, which I think is a really great record. It's really fun, but I think they decided they didn't want, you know, it was sort of like, do we honor Willie's duet partners? It's like, no, we don't need to do that. Texas on my mind, another early record before we trimmed it down to not be uh, multiple early albums. I had Texas on my mind, which was his, I think record one or two records after country Willie. Um, so those are what the, those are the records that almost made the cut. Uh, and I mean, to answer the question of what was on the table, it was, I mean, f- as far as Sony was concerned, anything in Willie's RCA or Columbia catalog, um, there was a record that a lot of people asked about when we announced this box, uh, Phases and Stages, uh, and we held that out of the box for a very, very specific reason, and it's not just because it was on a different label. It's because that 50th anniversary of that record comes in 2024, and it's likely going to be a record of the month (coughs) essentials uh so anything was on the table uh there was no nothing that was like no nothing was this record can't be it was really just the the selection process ended up being me pitching and then willie nelson's team being like we think this needs to be in the box we think willie you know would really appreciate if yesterday's wine that's an important record for him put that in there and i mean those decisions when it comes to these artist-centric boxes that's really easy like i like i said we don't you know when when herbie hancock says we need absolutely need to have my first record in there taken off needs to be in your box we just do it. We we listen. We say, you're right, Mr. Hancock. And in this case, it was like, yes, you're right, Willie Nelson's manager. Like, let's, let's do the albums that you are also thinking. So I guess to answer it all in sum, anything was on the table. The selection process took a while, but we figured it all out. And we're extremely excited for the albums that made it into this box. So thank you for asking. I hope that I answered your questions uh, in this long roundabout way, but we haven't really done uh, this kind of explanation in this format before. So thank you for your questions. And it looks like if I'm checking the hotline correctly, we should be here with another question. Let's go to that call. Hey, VMP, question for you. In researching the albums and Willie's catalog for the anthology, did you notice any trends in how his music evolved over the years? Man, you guys just ask about the best questions that we could imagine. Uh, this is a really sort of tougher one to answer, and I think I think you sort of get a snippet of what that looks like, uh, the evolution of Willie's sound in our box set, but... I think the thing you learn is that Willie's songwriting is the same. It's just how that the songs in their finished form really evolve. And I think he's an artist that you can track the sound of modern country, basically from the, you know, really the fifties until present day, you know, his early records are very country politan. They've got a lot of strings on them in the early seventies. He switches to a more rock format. The band sounds, you know, more rough for lack of a better word. They, you know, they, they sound like they're playing in a bar room. 
late 70s country music kind of becomes a little bit more mainstream and glossy which willie nelson records also do the early 80s he gets that chips moment sound that uh you know it's the 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 sound of Waylon and Willie in the '80s is pretty similar. Their voices sound like they're in some big empty bar hall. Chips Moment loved that vocal effect, um, and you know he really sounds like a lot of country music in the '80s. You get to the '90s, and Willie is a little bit out of lockstep, but I think that's where you see collaborators really become. You know, in the in the mid to late '80s. He starts making a lot of, you know, duet albums, Pancho and Lefty, he does albums with Roger Miller, he does albums with Fair and Young. And I think in the 90s is where you see that mode of Willie come to root because he is really sort of opening his tent. It's not just Willie Nelson on record anymore. It can be Paul Simon. It can be Sinead O'Connor. They can all be at home on a Willie record. And I think that spirit is really what he recaptures in the late 2000s and early 2010s. But the sound of it really sounds a lot more like mainstream country of the time. You know, you've got your Toby Keith, your Blake Shelton, your Dirks Bentley. His records really sound production wise very similar to that. And now I think, you know, evolutionary wise, he's sort of off on his own planet at this point. There is nobody else making country records that sound like Willie Nelson records. So I think he's sort of like come back around in some ways to his seventies era where he's making some of the most unique country music that is out there. His music has evolved in how it sounded. And I think his subject matter has aged with him, which I think is what's really so great about him. He's writing about what he knows from being lonely and inside of his four walls in the early 60s to being 90 and realizing that he's the last of his friends left. So, yeah, he he's evolved his subject matter, his sound has evolved, but all the way along the way, he sounded like country music. Thank you for your call. And it looks like we've got another call lighting up our hotline right now. Let's go to that. Hey, VMP. I wanted to ask, given Willie's extensive back catalog, what do you recommend as next steps after completing the anthology listening experience? You have come to the right place, my friend. Uh, I spent tons of time in the Willie Nelson discography, as I explained earlier. Uh, So not only am I going to give you some next steps, I'm actually going to give you a next step for each album in the box. So if if you really like the sounds and style of Country Willie, his own songs, which is the first album in this box, I really recommend going to Willie and Family. It was a 1970 album that he made that I think, for my money, one of the best of his countrypolitan era, and it was pre-Yesterday's Wine. Um, So that one, or Good Times, is a really good one, too. It's got that song from the end of Parks and Rec, uh, Hey Buddy. Um, So those are the two for Country Willie. If you really like uh, the early sort of scratchy version of Willie Nelson uh, from Yesterday's Wine, uh, a great next step for you would be Phases and Stages, uh, which I mentioned earlier as well. Uh, That's his divorce album. It is 
one of the best Willie albums. It's in every list of his top 10 records, top 10 best records. Uh, that's a great place to go next. It's really sort of the next logical extension of his concept album trope that he, you know, returned to repeatedly over the course of his career. If you like the more raw, scratchy version of Willie Nelson uh, from The Redheaded Stranger, uh, this is a recommendation that comes to me from Willie Nelson's son, Lucas. Uh, Lucas Nelson. And, you know, when I, I've interviewed him a couple times, uh, one time I asked him, give me a deep cut album in the Willie catalog. And he actually said the rarities comp naked Willie. It's never been on vinyl, but it's on streaming services. And it's a collection of a lot of his like mid to late sixties, early seventies work completely stripped of other instrumentation. In most cases, it's just Willie, his voice and a guitar. Uh, it's a really, really great record. That's like a, a great, like 1am. I'm slightly chopped. Um, I'm laying on my couch type Willie record, which feels like redheaded stranger to me. Uh, if you liked Willie, the standard bearer from stardust, there's two records to go to. I think immediately, if you have not, Willie did my way in, I think 2018 and that's life in 2020. I believe, or is that 2021? One of those two. He did a pair of Frank Sinatra covers albums, which really spiritually are like sequels to Stardust. It's Willie doing songs from the Frank songbook. They're incredible. They are emotional. It's those old Hoagie Carmichael type songs. If you like Stardust in that sort of mode, go there. Uh, if you really like the 80s Willie uh, of Always On My Mind, um, you can go with this album. Another one that's never been on vinyl and which I talked about briefly before is Clean Shirt, uh, his last album with Waylon. Uh, it really feels like, it, though it came out in 1990, it really feels like the end of the 80s for Willie. Like his sound completely changed after this record. But it's a uh, it's it's sort of like the best of the eighties distilled into a single album for both Whalen and Willie. It's got that, you know, big empty bar room vocal sound. Uh, the songs are really funny. Uh, and that's a really underrated record in both Willie and Whalen's catalog. I really hope that we get to do something with that record someday. Across the borderline is next. That's hit Willie in 1993. So that record is a little bit harder one to sort of point you to, but I think a really great place to go next is Rainbow Connection, which is from 2001. Yet another album that's not on vinyl. Sorry for recommending <laughs> a bunch of stuff that has not been released on vinyl, but Rainbow Connection is another record that sort of captures that vibe that Willie started having in the 90s, where it's like anybody and any song is available to happen on a Willie Nelson record. Uh, I mean, the, the, the title track rainbow connection, it rules. That's, you know, one of the best songs ever written and for my money. And yeah, it's just, it's a really fun record. Uh, another one I'm, I'm hoping finally please can eventually reissue, but yeah, that's, that's a great one to go to next from across the borderline. And then finally, if you really liked heroes, I'm just going to play this one easy. You want the modern era of Willie, which I think really kind of kicks in around heroes. Just go get yourself to a beautiful time. It's his record from this year. Willie writes about aging 
more beautifully than any human being has ever written about aging. And that includes books, movies. It's so affecting. He really captures that feeling of being older and is really writing from a perspective that you don't see in popular culture very often. So you can really, you can't go wrong with basically any Willie Nelson from the uh, Willie Nelson album from the last five years, but a beautiful time. It's incredible. We still have it in the VMP store. We give you an exclusive poster. You can only get through us. Go and get that. It's a really, really great, great album. One of my favorite of this year, which is remarkable. The man's 89. He's still making vital, incredible albums. So you've got a lot of albums to go to next. Again, I'll quick run it down. Willie and Family, Phases and Stages, Naked Willie, That's Life or My Way or both, uh, Clean Shirt with Waylon, Rainbow Connection, and A Beautiful Time. Thank you so much for your question. And... Now we're going to go back to the hotline for one of your stories. How's it going? Uh, my name is Jim Hankey. Always have been a big supporter of VMP uh, and everybody there. Uh, I currently live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Stardust is probably the first Willie album I remember around my parents' house. Um, the back cover uh, where Willie is kind of in a colorful vest, I think, uh, with more of a top hat kind of look uh, across a mountainside. Uh, my parents told me as a as a baby, as a toddler, I would stare at that thing for hours, um, just the, the back cover looking at Willie. And as I got older, I believed that there was maybe some uh, confusion on my end because I had seen Dr. Keith on the, the Muppets and the Muppet Band, the Electric Mayhem Band, and uh, I think Willie kind of looked like uh, a, a human equivalent of Dr. Keith in that photo. Uh, but that album, uh, I mean, Sunday mornings at my parents' house, quite often, it was just that was on the, the turntable or then later the CD player. Um, just a beautiful record. And then I was able to uh, be in the mobile studio where Willie recorded that, which is at the Musicians Hall of Fame here in Nashville. Um, highly recommend going to see that if you can. Then uh, a couple years ago, I was a producer on a podcast uh, for Southern Living Magazine called Biscuits and Jam. And Willie was one of our guests. And Willie uh, was not going to do Zoom uh, like everybody had been doing during the pandemic, which, the, uh, number one, that's totally fine. Number two, the interview was so Willie because we asked him where he was. And he was on a cell phone sitting on the bed of his truck in 100-degree heat on his ranch watching his horses. And uh, you can't get much more Willie than that. Uh, and he said one of his lines, uh, just talking about being in the business so long and, and what have you with our host, uh, was I've outlived all my best ponies, uh, which if that is not the title of a, uh, a, you know, a future posthumous release or, or maybe a song on a new record or what have you, I don't know what should be because that just summed up Willie kind of perfectly. Can you hear? And that happy tune is your step. Life can be so sweet on sunny side of the street. The season of the VMP Anthology Podcast is written and hosted by me, Andrew Winnestorfer. It's executive produced by me, Andrew Winnestorfer, and Amelia Sutliff. It's produced by Jim Hankey of the Vinyl Emergency Podcast and Julia McGuire. 
Voiceovers for this episode were provided by Allie Wood, Sid Berlinger, and Rory Burbeck. Thanks to everybody uh, who called in with their willy stories and emailed in their willy questions. Without you guys, this season of the podcast would not exist. Uh, I honestly don't know what we would have done if you guys had not been so enthusiastic (laughs) about emailing in and calling in. So thank you. Thank you for making that happen. Uh, We've got one more episode to go in this season. So with that, I leave you with this. Listen to more phases and stages. 